I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Brian Moore's Full Contact in association with The Telegraph and QBE Business Insurance. I'm Brian Moore and alongside me in the studio today is the former England back row and now Queen's defensive coordinator, Nick Easter. Uh, joining uh, the show to discuss the Lions' victory will be Sir Graham Henry, Stuart Hogg, Will Carling, Tom Shanklin and Paul Wallace. Plus, Catalan Dragons' new head coach, Steve McNamara, joins us to talk about Super League. Every Sunday you can join us live on the Telegraph website and on Facebook Live from 6pm. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast because after all it's free and please leave us a review. Okay, on with the show and as uh, usual we'll start with some questions which uh, we've selected to highlight and discuss the British and Irish Lions test levelling uh, win over uh, New Zealand in the second test. One from, let's have a look, Paul Stephen Chapman. Given they played more than 40 minutes, it was actually about 60 minutes, against 14 men, is a three-point victory good enough to give the Lions hope of winning the series? Um, yes, of course it is. Um, the Kiwis haven't lost their home for eight years. Um, it's exactly what world rugby needed. Uh, look, we, we, know the, we know the reasons, but to fight back from nine points, a nine-point deficit at some time when they were losing the possession and territory battle early in the second half. The yeah. All Blacks went in for the kill. Yeah. No doubt at halftime in a change, it was like, right, go for yeah. the kill, finish them off. Um, and they showed great you know, mental strength and back, back mm -hmm. their game. And then when the opportunities came off the two, two line-out plays, um, two or three phases in, <coughs> they exploited uh, the, you know, the fatigue mm -hmm. in, in the All Blacks, uh, 14 men defensively, and um, executed very, very well. And well, finished act well, actually, which has been a problem on yeah. this tour. Yeah, well, it's actually, um, you mentioned that stat, it's uh, 19 years since they last failed to score a try, try and lost a test at home. That was 1998 against South Africa. So that is the enormity of what the Lions did. Uh, it's not their fault uh, Sonny Bill Williams decided to have an aberration uh, <laughs> over what was definitely uh, a red card. I don't think he... And also the Lions tried to even it up. Mako did his best, didn't yeah, they? Mate, so they yeah, were 14, a go, 14 for 10 minutes. He had a go. Um, and well, that leads on to... Leads on to uh, question from David Campbell. What did you make of the Lions' consistently high penalty count? Too much passion or just plain ill-discipline? Um, bit of both. Um, yesterday, however, ill-discipline has blighted them on this tour and it's mm. something they've got to sort out. Um, yeah. I heard Graham Rountree earlier in the press conference. Uh, he says they've got to sort it out. Um, Sam Warburton straight after the... Uh, well, in the post-match interview, mentioned it twice. Needless as well. Well, that's the point. No, no, look, no one. Well, people do mind, but it's 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 understandable if you give penalties away under a great amount of pressure, or you're near your line. But it's unforgivable when you're doing it when the defence is set. Mm -hmm. um, you're not under pressure. Well, you look at Conor, Conor Murray's neck neck grab. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a couple of macos as well. Uh, I think it was a bit of both for this game. Um, I would say throughout the tour. 
a massive thing. I know it's always been a thing of Warren Gatlin's and that you clearly know the way the Kiwi teams play is the mm-hmm. ruck, controlling the ruck from a yeah. defensive point of view. They didn't get it right in the first test quite clearly. They yeah. hardly, hardly competed and it was just they're on the back foot all the time. So when you're trying to do that, you're going to be to you know you're going to be pushing the margins of the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. This game, clearly the forwards are also challenged by by the head coach um, for their lack of physicality and getting yep. beaten up last week. Yep. So I think there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah, fire in the belly, couple with the ill discipline that's blighted them on mm-hmm. this tour, and they've got a week to sort it out. And I think they will because so, but you, look, from a coaching point of view, you you are um, you know a defensive coach, mm-hmm. so you're asking for that commitment all the time. You're asking for players to throw themselves in and around tackles and in and around the breakdown. But you can't be on the field and run on and stop people doing things that are daft. So <laughs> what can you actually do as a coach in, well, the, the, in the, the lead-up? Well, the we bar dropping people, but we've got one, they've got one game left now. Exactly, so. exactly. And um, I, I doubt, you know, we'll obviously move on to selection later, but you know, I can't see him changing too much as far as that's concerned. But it's across the board. I mean, I know Mako, you know, didn't have a great game from that regard yesterday, mm-hmm. but it's been across the board. It's been throughout. So, you know, clearly they'll have a couple of days. I think they've gone to Queenstown and everything, switch off. But, you yeah. know, the families might join them, I'm not sure, but they've, they haven't had a day off um, mm-hmm. with all the midweek games. So they'll like to get that out of their system, switch off from what's a high-pressured week. But then the work starts. And at, at the highest level, it's the top two inches, those who can keep their cool under pressure. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it. It is. It is for me. It is as simple as this. You, you've got to remind yourself. You've got to, before the game and during, when you're in and around rooks and whatever, you've got to make these decisions. All right, they do happen quickly. Can I get the ball genuinely? You know, is it lost? And you've got to just. You've got to also understand relative to where you are on the field, where you're on the scoreboard, and all these things. And the the, the scale of of risk sort of slides, doesn't it? As to what you what you can and can't chance, but, and you've just got to stick to that. I mean, mo- most of the time, especially the two ga- the way the two games have been refed, which has been brilliant um, in terms of positive rugby, mm-hmm. is it's when you're defending, you're under yeah. pressure defensively. Now the Lions have absolutely no reason to be giving a lot of these penalties away because that is the one part of their game that's been bob on every mm-hmm. single match on this tour. Mm-hmm. Their line speed, their defence, their connection, mm-hmm. and everyone knowing exactly what their role is. And if you've got trust in that, you know, I can speak from a de- being a defence coach. Yeah, when you've got trust in your defence, you're back. All right, then I don't need to go for that ball, or yep. you know, let's just retreat half a yard because yep. I'm going to do my job. He's going to do. It. You're not forcing the issue. You're not trying yep. to solve other people's problems, as they say. And that's probably the most disappointing part of it because they seem, you know, completely comfortable when they haven't had the ball. Well, ironically, they've they've created more chances, try scoring chances than New Zealand have over the two games. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw New Zealand. Only getting to the opposition 22 for sustained periods of time three times in a game and only come out uh, away away from that with only three points. So, especially in the second test, they were really they were really tight. And it's as simple as this, isn't it? If they do ten kickable penalties, is an extraordinary statistic. Thirty uh, points you lose in a 30, test match, yeah. aren't you? you and and, and look, Borden Barrett. Uh, the irony is. The, the, the three he missed were no more difficult than any the of the ones he got, he got. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in a normal game he, you, you, I mean it's extraordinary that they kept the All Blacks away from the try line because if they scored their usual amount of tries two or three, then you're talking about an insurmountable figure and that, that, uh, that, that's my main fear for, 
for next week. Well, you got, I mean, regards to the All Blacks attack, I mean, look, 14 men after 20 minutes. Yeah. The, the Alliance dominated that first 20 minutes when it was 15-15. Let, yeah. Let's get that straight as well. Yeah. Um, they were the better side. They started better. Uh, but then when the All Blacks started to, started to turn the screw, you know, they were going overly direct, actually, because it worked from the week before. The Lions shored that up. Clearly, the weather conditions being atrocious, you know, also aided that. But there was a number of times, actually, when they got over the gain line with Nadolo or Lauamapi or whatever it might have been, when it was actually on out wide. But because of their, you know, they were spooked, if you like, from the line speed from the outside of the Lions. And yeah. I think they'll probably have a look at it this week. Um, but as I say, it's one aspect from the Lions that they've actually had no problem with and, and it's what they what their identity is about. Well, um, later on we'll hear from uh, Sir Graham Henry about what the All Blacks might do, but they haven't got Sonny Bill Williams now because he's out for a month. Probably, I think it's about right. Um, so they're going to have to have a new centre partnership. Ryan Crotty, unlikely to be fit, bad hamstring injury. So, Lumpy again... That is a very inexperienced centre partnership. Mm. And uh, it bodes well for the Lions, doesn't it? You've got Jonathan Davis, who's arguably been the best player in both tests. He, um, his, and... form, his form has been remarkable, actually, towards the end of the season, from, from a, a period when, in the Six Nations, he didn't play. It was no. you know, virtually anonymous uh, and, and made a late charge and has been you know, on fine, fine form. But, Will, is there any reason or suggestion from your point of view that he might change that Farrell sex analysis. No, 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 he won't change that. Class players come to the fore, don't they? And Johnny mm-hmm. Sexton never had a great Six Nations or back end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen Farrell did, but he's had you know a bit of an indifferent time on tour, if you like, a quiet first test, a couple of missed kicks. But he nailed them when he had to. Mm-hmm. And those guys under pressure. And I think what he wants as well, Warren, you could clearly see in his selection last week, um, is he wanted as many guys that experienced winning a Lions tour, mm-hmm. i.e. from 2013, mm-hmm. as possible on the field. And you've got a, te- you've got a 9, 10, 12, 13 access there yeah. with quite an inexperienced back three, guys that haven't been the Lions before. Yeah. Um, and he, he won't budge from that. What about um, the... Well, I, I, the only thing I can see uh, in the pack is possibly um, a second row change, but... I. I, I, I doubt it, because uh, Alan Wing Jones is a he's a trusted l- uh, lieutenant or lieutenant if you're American um, of Warren Gatlin's, who's seen him play a, an awful lot of tests. And actually, although he had a, an indifferent first test, was very solid in the second test. Can you see these in changing for court and uh, laws? Or well, not? I think part. I'm not, you know, I go back to my point about guys that had won on Lions tours. I think that's the reason he was selected because yeah. Yeah, before the second test, he was probably the, you know the fifth best lock in terms of form. Mm-hmm. Um, he was solid yesterday. He did his job. He was a physical guy. Good leadership. Um, Courtney Laws came on, made a big difference. Mm. They scored their two tries when Courtney was on. I'm not saying he did anything in attack, but defensively, if you remember when they upped it, when they, they started to knock him back, Courtney was involved in every single one of those tackles. I would actually start Joe Marler as well. And I'm not saying this because of the Quinns guy. I actually said this last week. Um, you've got Marler, who was a better scrummager than Mako, stronger scrummager than Mako. Um, he's an excellent defender. Mako's also an excellent defender, but he's an excellent defender. He's yeah. got a bit about him. He's got a bit of aggression. Well, that's the, the reason why they, they sort of vary at England, isn't it? Because Eddie Jones thinks that he'll get the stability early on with Joe Marler. 
and then Mako can come on. Whereas, whereas Mako's ball-carrying game hasn't really been um, as no. prevalent as for Saracens in England. I think when the game opens up, you know, I've seen the weather conditions, it's looking like it's dry, dry yeah. night in Auckland. Um, and they left plenty of ball the lines. Yeah. Uh, and you want to bring him on against tired legs. Yeah. You know, he's a hard man to tackle, and he's, um, you know, he's good at taking it to the line as well. You know, he's just like a 10. Well, that comes in and uh, just tangentially covered a question from Ben McBean. Uh, how do the four, How did the forwards change things to get parity in the scrum? Well, Tag Furlong had a better game. Um, a lot of people talking about him being the best tight end in the world, certainly not in the scrums, because quite <laughs> often he gets very square and his right shoulder, he can't get down at times. But when he concentrates and they all, because scrummaging is an eight-man thing and they get it right, he's fine against this front five. And he does an awful lot, you know, as we know, more around the field. So, so Ben, it's simply a case of four, eight forwards concentrating because the All Blacks do not have the scrum to significantly disrupt uh, the Lions, provided they're on the metal. And I think, this, the, I think the reverse is probably true as well. I don't think from what we've got... The All Blacks are good scrummaging side. They are, yeah. They're good scrummaging side. I mean, if you picked your pure scrummagers in Marla and Cole, you might have a better chance at going at them. But then he, you know, the, the way that that affects what else you do... It's probably too much, and it won't, I, I it won't happen. Yeah, I don't think he'll change. He'll no. change tight head, um, tight head wise. No. Um, they had one switch off, didn't they, in the first game? That's all. Yeah, but and it cost the them a try. Well, it's perception, isn't it? It cost yeah. them a try. New yeah. front row, New Zealand. New front row lines. Yeah. What also happened in that first week? You know, speaking to such, you know some of the guys down there, they trained really hard on the Thursday. Not only did they come up against the All Blacks, who you right, know, okay. produced that alacrity and that cohesion yeah. straight away because of many years, and they did have the game. I know it was only it was Samoa, and it was seventy. 80 points, can't remember what it was. Um, and, and they were shocked by the speed and intensity of it. But they <laughs> went live on Thursday morning before Saturday. They really? went live 15-15 on the Thursday afternoon um, or, you know, sh- close to it. And I think, you know, they, they wanted the intensity. And it would have been short and sharp. You know, it wouldn't have, yeah. been, it wouldn't have been very long. It might have been 10 minutes or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. But this week, the training was still intense. Mm-hmm. But they gave him a lot more downtime. Plus, getting used to the intensity of Test match rugby yeah. stands them in good stead. And now they've had two of those games. Yeah. We've spoken about what they're doing this week. How yeah. you what you do with your downtime and how you recover is absolutely well. Imperative. Funnily enough, what I, you know, I, I've I've written this for my Telegraph column, and I've said the the backroom staff this week. You know, when we when we did this in in '93, um, the fact is that we were hanging by the third test. Mm. We were absolutely shattered. I think, looking back, you can see now that some people's last effort was given in that test. And it was a great win. One of the biggest wins. You're talking about 93. 93 was the biggest wins that the Lions have ever had in New Zealand. And when it got to the third test... You emotionally spent them. Well, we went up in the third test. We just couldn't sustain it. I think players, they weren't not trying, but they were just off the pace. This run out of petrol. Yeah. And uh, th- therefore, the you know, Bobby Stridgen, head of conditioning, you know, and um, and NFL, they, they, you know, these the, the backroom guys have got to tread that really fine line between not under preparing, not over preparing, you know, making sure that they've got enough time to do everything, but don't go over the top. Well, to, to give uh, Lions fans a bit of confidence, Warren Gatlin's been involved <coughs> in the last two previous two tours. Yep. 
They smashed the Springboks third test. I know it was a dead rubber and the yep. Springboks rested a few. Yep. But they still had the energy to get up for that. Yep. Um, and we know what happened. They smashed the Australians. I'm not going to say they're going to smash the All Blacks yeah. by any stretch of imagination, but he will understand. And he is a yep. master throughout his time with the playoffs with Wasps, yep. Wales, at managing to peak at the right That's time. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to it, can you say, I mean, there's no reason for the Lions to change as far as I can see. The way they approach this third game, I don't think there's anything to be gained by trying to, uh, you know, uh, introduce anything as a surprise. I just, you know, they, their their game is solid. They know what they're doing. Uh, it can only get better with repetition. And I think more pressure is on New Zealand. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I wonder what they, you know, I wonder what they will do because they... If they do have to play a really inexperienced centre partnership, the goal forward has got to come from from all the forwards. Where, where you know, in essence, they were a lot was revolving around Sonny Bill Williams to get them over the gain line and get that process started. Um, I think what the New Zealand are really lacking at the moment, um, especially since Nonu's retirement um, and uh, you know, Crotty not being there as well, uh-huh. is uh, a ball playing centre. Uh-huh. Now, Lua Marpy carried. Really well. I think Anton Leonard Brown had a better game than some people are rating him for as well. He worked worked his socks off, but they're not the natural distributors. Mm-hmm. And Bowden Barrett's been shackled pretty well in both mm-hmm. games. Um, he hasn't made a clean break yet, and he's making them for fun last year, especially in the uh, rugby championship. And it's certainly an opportunity, and the pressure is on New Zealand. And the Lions will also know that that where where I see New Zealand weak, or where you can make yardage against them, is in the outside centre channel. Mm-hmm. You know where. Where we scored, yeah, um, Toby Falatel scored we've his had, try. We've had that, that's where that's where Tio has gone through. I mean, ironically, we're going to one out from second phase. Yeah, because so they, what they yeah. tend to do is they tend to be a little bit tighter around the ruck and everything. Put huge pressure, no, no yardage for the forwards. They don't want that, and they put big pressure on sort of the ten, maybe the twelve. But if you get it past that, they back their pace and their drift. Mm-hmm. But it gives you yardage now, so centre channel as opposed to the Lions who will just keep coming up and shut that down. Yes, it might create more space in behind across there, which you've seen with the All Blacks trying to, you know, put in little crossfield kicks and things like that. But the Lions, they've learned from the Highlanders game, the previous games, about how to cover that positionally in the backfield. And mm-hmm. I think they'll still, they'll they'll play at the right times. They'll use the box kick as a threat at the right times because it's worked. You know, New Zealand back three have dropped more balls in the last two games than I think they did all the mm-hmm. last year. Um, I know weather conditions plays a part in that. but uh, And the forwards will be really buoyed with how they've responded as yeah. well. Let's just cover this. Um... Tony Rowe of Exeter, Simon Coyne of Leicester Tigers, has, they've both, uh, not, they're not issued threats, that's, that's, not, that's not true, but they've both expressed concern about the fact that they think the clubs do not get sufficiently remunerated for the services of their lines and um, have virtually been saying, you know, this has to change or else. And I don't know what the or else means. <laughs> and I just thought, tell you what, unless you can get every premiership club to agree with you, and act in concert, you're going to find a situation where I don't think you'll be able to sign some players in Lions years or just before one because every player I've ever spoken to wants to play for the Lions. And I'm not sure how well they'll react by the clubs trying to take this away from them on a monetary uh, matter. There's a deal to be done, isn't there? But as a principle, that surely must be right for, for players. Oh, yes, of course. And I don't think clubs, whatever they say, they'll never stand in the way of a player's ambition. Mm-hmm. 
and, that, and that, that's how the game's gone now with the England agreement and everything. Um, you know, cl clubs do expect to get remunerated for it, and, and rightly so. You know, it's a professional game. Yeah. Um, I, listen, I've ne never, never played for the Lions, unfortunately, and so don't know the ins and outs. But where, what I would like to know is where is the money that the Lions receive? Is that going back into rugby? Is that mm. going back into grassroots rugby? Because if it is, then that's not not really an issue. Because at least mm. they're giving back in there, um, and they might not have enough to remunerate mm. the clubs. Um, but I, I don't know the financial. I I sort of will, I'll find this out. It's a good point, actually. Uh, I don't think it's a profit-making organisation where people where shareholders trouser profits. I'm fairly sure that's not the case. Yeah. And I know that you know the expanded operation costs an, you know an incredible amount. Um, but that that's an interesting point, and we ought to uh, we ought to explore that because if they were making huge profits and you know salting them away for no apparent reason or people were profiting, then I think that equation does change because people don't expect you know that to occur. Um, well, they don't get the revenue. You know, the Southern Hemisphere sides clearly get the revenues when they're over and everything. Yes. And I'd imagine it comes. You know, the sponsor it comes in the sponsorship, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, um, because they're not. Yeah, they're, <coughs> they're not getting. They're, I don't. I don't think they get shares of. Don't get any of the ticket sales. The tickets and stuff like that. That's why it's very, that's why it's so popular. Don't get any of the uh, bar tickets. Down under. No. <laughs> <laughs> of the thousands and hundreds of thousands of pints that... Uh, Wellington would have done well. <laughs> Do you think... Look, it's not uh, without uh, coincidence that they're playing at Eden Park for the last one. It's their favourite ground. Yeah. It's the one that which they play well. Um... But New Zealand, um, there's a lot of pressure on them, and the Lions—they're going there for the second time now. All of them will have played there, at least, you know, at least once. I would think now. Is that going to help, or not? is that just a factor which we were overdoing? I, I, I think it's been overdone. They'll be under pressure because of that record. Yeah. You know, they've they've already broken one record, haven't they? Okay, it's not mm -hmm. quite as long standing the the eight year one um, mm -hmm. of not losing at home. Um, and I, I see no problem why. I mean, I've played at Eden Park a couple of times and, you know, there's far more, I say fearsome, but, you know, there's probably trickier grounds to get over in your head before you actually Well, I'll tell you what, because of, the, because of the expanded numbers, it's meant more Lions fans will exactly. get in there. And they're out shouting. They're... It's, like a, it's like a home game down there, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Like it usually yes. is with the Lions. Maro Itoji, it must be very popular. <laughs> oh, I must be very pleased with that because that's football adoration. Yes. Anyway, this is Brian Moore's Full Contact. Time now to speak to, well, he was made famous by the uh, exploits uh, and his achievements on the 1997 Lions Tour. I'm really pleased to say we can speak to Paul Wallace, the three times Lions and Irish prop. Hello, Paul. Hi, how are you, Brian? I'm well, I'm well, mate. Um, everyone is keenly anticipating the third test, but let's just stay on the second test for, for a minute. Um, what was your assessment of the Lions' forwards' performance? Yeah, it, it started off very well, I thought, uh, and then, of course, the, the turning point of the game with Sonny Bill Williams going off. I, I thought that their mall in particular, it sort of, it, it, what it does is it, it drags their pack in there. They like, you know, hookers to hang out in the wing. They, they like to play a very loose, scattered game. And I think by just tying them in, taking the legs from them, especially in those wet, heavy conditions, uh, it, it sort of suited them. They were, they were doing a great job, I thought, until the 40th minute. And then for 20 minutes, we're just soaking up uh, tackles. And I, 
I think this is one of the things where I would have been calling after about 10 minutes to bring on Ben Teo to, to maybe replace both props. Uh, not that the props <laughs> hadn't done that badly, but uh, and, and it went on, it transpired, of course, that Vanapola gave away two, two unfortunate penalties leading to that uh, sin bin. But if you look at wh- wh- what New Zealand do, it's, it, they try and play a very high-tempo game. They, they get their props on at 50 minutes as well. And, uh, you know, you have a good half hour. And I think they, we've got such strength and depth in the front row. I'd like to see, um, you know, not not waiting too long and in fact if Bowden Barrett had his kicking boots on it would have been too long I think mm-hmm. to turn the tide uh, look it was some f- fabulous uh, rugby to come back I thought with um, you, you know Owen Farrell and Johnny Sexton would we have scored those tries uh, I don't think we'd have scored the, the fellow try I think it was their passing and, the, and their running to the line mm-hmm. but uh, I, we had nearly blown that game I thought in that, in that those 20 minutes of the second half uh, just because we didn't have the line speed we didn't have the physicality and when you're going backwards like that you're always going to soak up uh, penalties but uh, I was delighted to see we played the rugby again and New Zealand albeit they were down to 14 men it was their one out rugby and just try and get penalties which uh, they were trying to you know call gatty ball or whatever it might be you know Warren <laughs> ball um, so I think there's a bit of that back on them we, we've been the ones playing uh, you know scoring the great tries what do you think about the strength of the uh, replacement props they've got? Because from, to me, they look significant, in the scrum anyway, they yeah. look significantly different and they, they look weaker to me. I think, you know, there is, this is not as effective. And when they come on, they're there more, more for carrying purposes and impact purposes. And that is a point where we can, you know, maybe they, they can try and take advantage, but at least they, they, they know the pressure is off and they maybe make their own changes. Yeah, I don't think there's too much between them. In fact, I think Jack McGrath might be a superior scrummager to, to Mako Vinopola. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Mako uh, gives that bit more around the park, especially his ball carrying. And in fact, he, I think he was penalised for one penalty where they went 3-0 down, which was clearly Franks had, had collapsed the scrum. So it was quite a you know a, a bad call on him. Uh, Tyke Furlong has been outstanding, but he's a, very much a 50-minute player. And uh, for Ireland and Leinster, he tends to get caught out around that time. He's very dynamic. The amount of work he gets around, he's... He's a powerful player, and the build of these uh, props these days, you know, to, 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 to play at that intensity and play for longer than 56, you know, to go into 60 minutes even. I know we all did 80 minutes back in our day, but uh, these guys now, I think, with the intensity that's there, that, uh, you know, having a, the, the quality, and I think Sinclair has been outstanding as well. Mm-hmm. I think McGrath has got so much to offer, and bringing those guys on for a half hour rather than 20 minutes could make all the difference because it's against New Zealand, you know, you can normally stick with them till around 55, 60 minutes and it's around then they really sort of can pull off and I think I think we, we've, the, the lines um, when it comes to using their bench need to be a bit more proactive. Paul, Nick is there. Hi Nick. Hi mate. Um, from an All Blacks perspective, were you a bit surprised when they took Jerome Kano off um, so early on? Um, they clearly trusted their forwards, you know, backed them from what happened last year, last week. Um, I'd imagine they had a game plan to get into the Farrell-Sexton axis um, with Sonny Bill, and so they decided to put a centre on there and probably have more pace out wide, despite it, you know, the conditions clearly, you know, maybe demanding a little bit of a tighter game and the Lions thinking that they could put the screw on there. Um, do, you know, do you think that probably caught them out a little bit because they could have made that replacement a little bit later or... Yeah, I, I I don't think Nick they could have they could have gone without uh, another back in the back line for that that far out in a game, uh, and then it's no, you normally go to your back row um, to to replace. But they, one but they could but they could have had they could have had eight eight forwards there till about the forty fifth minute. 
and then brought yeah. on you know someone quicker like Lau Amarpi, um, yeah, and yeah. taken and taken a back rower off and asked them because you know we're obviously delighted it happened that way but <laughs> you know you've got seven forwards working their socks off you know carrying in tight you know, preventing the lions in in whichever way um, and you know you've got the back on there for a bit of first phase stuff and you know when the ball does go out wide which is going to happen a lot less often than the tight exchanges especially in those conditions but uh, you know long may that continue that uh, they want to make that tactical switch but uh, I was just quite surprised that's all yeah, I, I thought it, it worked for them when you consider at 60 minutes, if they kicked their penalties, uh, they mm-hmm. had that game won, you know, 89 or six, and 60 minutes on the clock. So I, I don't think that selection uh, worked against them. I think they would have been looking at, with the ability of, you know, Farrell and Sexton to move the ball wide, if they were down uh, with a forward defending in the back line, especially off set pieces, they would have ran into a lot of difficulty. And, of course, they saw what uh, damage Lamapi had been doing uh, to the Lions previously. So uh, I, I think he, he he did quite well, in the, and uh, especially in that early part of the second half, his his hard ball carrying, it sort of got the momentum, which which led to those penalties. And although they they went on and missed quite a few of them. Paul, um, just before you, you go, can we can I ask you this about the Pro 12, the proposed Cheetahs and Kings expansion, South African? I'm told that's uh, nearly a done deal. What's your opinion of it? Yeah, look, the, the, the Pro 12 needs to expand. Um, you look at the TV market, it's, uh, it, it is quite limited compared to, to, to the, the Premiership in England and the top 14 in France. Uh, now, there's been a lot of talk about the US and uh, Canadian franchises and, and, and pushing out there. And that, that would, you know, as a six-hour flight as opposed to a 10-hour flight. I think the logistics going to South Africa are going to be very difficult. Um, and I would be more of a preference of, of linking in with the, the American market and trying to help develop something over there where on the East Coast, as opposed to, um, you know, where you're going to, you know, it's not as if you're going to play, play the big teams in South Africa. So in the South African media, this would be very much seen as the second competition to Super Rugby mm-hmm. um, and, and won't get the, the full media attention and TV rights and TV following, etc., that you need uh, commercially. To, to make it right and there's also the, the travelling logistics it's not as if you're flying into Johannesburg and Cape Town you're in there getting connecting flights and you know that that's okay might only be adding a few hours onto your journey but you're doing it there and the way back and you got a game the next day mm-hmm. or the next week so so it, 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 it is a little bit difficult in that regard if they looked, uh, a, bit doable, fu- if they but, looked a bit um, further forward they might have considered a, a Georgian team or a Russian team. I mean, they're significant economies. That's not that too, not not as far to fly as well. And in those, and in those teams, you've got at least you're going to have solid packs at the, at the very least, and a growing market. I you know it's a very, it's very easy to just throw uh, you know countries around and and so on. But um, I just wonder if they might have been a bit more creative with the thinking. No, definitely. I think there, there, there's um, definitely a lot of space to, to, to move into. You know, they're even talking about professional sites in Germany. And uh, mm-hmm. nowadays, it doesn't have to be all the players from, from you know, that they all come from Georgia, they all come from that. What you need to have is a, a good commercial base and uh, have, uh, you know, maybe a, a sprinkling of local players. But you're going to be bringing in most of the players from, whether it's from the um, the, the Pro 12 countries or indeed players from the, the likes of the Kings, the Southern Kings and uh, the Cheetahs as well, you know, who be 
looking for new contracts. And I, I, I think the modern game it has to move away from the traditional uh, where you, you grow up. And it, it's worked in Ireland so well, of course, mm-hmm. like the, the provinces. But I think now you've got to work out where can you have a, a commercial entity that can work. And then you bring the players in from there. A bit like, uh, I guess, ice hockey teams in the southern states. And mm-hmm. they're, they're mainly made up of Canadians. Yes. Um, very quickly, last question. Um, will the Lions do it? It's a tough one. I, I I thought we were going to win that first test. I, I really put it. And, and I, I went the other way on the second test when I saw so the selection. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm probably the wrong man to be asking more of. Uh, and look, I think they have the ability to do it. Um, how New Zealand bounce back. Look, they're a quality side. Uh, Eden Park, I think, is always a bit different. Everything aligns well for us in Wellington. But one thing we have now is real belief within the team that we can go and do it. I think Sean O'Brien being available again is a huge, huge plus. I think if he was missing, there would have been a massive knock. Um, and I think we've learned a lot of lessons. Uh, again, refereeing, I think, would be important. And it's Romain Poit, so it's a Northern Hemisphere referee. And it's in the bag. It's in the bag. It's yeah. in the bag, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really building it up now. I think we've won, have we won all one. games on tour with the French we've ref? We've won seven out of the last eight. Yeah, yeah, Lions yeah. have won seven out of the last eight with French refs. With the French ref. It certainly makes a difference. And, you know, they say that, you know, uh, New Zealand haven't been beaten in Eden Park for how many years. But I was down <laughs> at the World Cup final when uh, when France were playing. If it wasn't a South African referee, France had won that That's game. Right. Square. So, I was there as well. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, they have lost one not so long yeah. ago. <laughs> OK, Paul, thanks very much, mate. Take care. See you. Bye Please. now. And from uh, an Irish perspective, let's go swiftly to a Welsh perspective. We can now speak to the 2005 line. Unfortunately, a knee injury Ended his tour early, but uh, really pleased to speak to Tom Shanklin. Hello, Tom. Oh, hello, guys. Can I just say, that's probably the most sensible I've ever heard, Paul Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it's before... Well, it's only half six, that's why. I thought so it was an impersonator. <laughs> uh, it was actually him. It might well have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, the, the, the form of Jonathan Davis has been a revelation to those of us who... Um, so I'm struggling a bit in the Six Nations, and we're wondering about his inclusion at all. But uh, you can't doubt what he's done. Has that always been um, on the cards, or have we simply misjudged him? Um, well, he, he did have a, a probably a quite a quiet Six Nations compared to someone like Jonathan Joseph. Um, mm. But his form, right, towards the end of the Pro 12 season was incredible. Um, against Leinster, against Munster, he was right up there back at his best. Um, you know, it certainly helps the way that the Scarlets play because he's so much better in a little bit of space because he's got this powerful fan, because yeah. he's got a good step and he can burst through tackles. So I think it surprised a lot of people that probably don't follow the Pro 12 too much. But, I, you know, I've seen this building for him and I've seen it building with the Scarlets and he's just carried that form from the end of season right into this Lions. And, and you've seen, you know, he's probably the, the top line breaker of the Lions. Got, he's probably one of their best strike runners, um, if not the best. Can you see... Uh, oh, tell you what, can you give us your opinion on how successful the Sexton-Farrell 10-12 axis was and, and why? Well, I've been harping on about this. Right? Yep. And everyone's been saying, you know, Ben Teo, you know, is, is the man start. But... For starters, right, Owen Farrell plays 12 for England. Um, he, he's occasionally played a little bit of 10, mm-hmm. but predominantly he is a 12. Um, he plays 10 for Saracens, but you get to play so much more wider when Owen's at 12, and he's that second ball player on the line. What I think has been the, 
bit disappointing is that we haven't seen this partnership that often. We saw it a little bit against Crusaders, and it, and it seemed to work. Um, but they didn't really get that many opportunities at the weekend. But the two they got, they finished. And that was in the second half. And you could see that interlinking between Sexton and Farrell. Um, and Farrell having... You know, Farrell, when he gets the ball in the midfield, whether it be second, third or fourth phase, his first option is predominantly to pass, mm-hmm. you know, to, to pass the ball out wider, where with an extra man, the Lions look far more, far more dangerous. And then you saw Sexton then, you know, hitting that dummy runner of Jamie George mm-hmm. um, to, to burst through that gap. So, you know, I have been harping on the pass a lot, but I think it worked. Um, it worked because they won. Um, and the Lions were, were a little bit guilty of not taking the, the chance in the first half. And take your chances and to be clinical you need the right players in the right positions and and for me the partnership works um oh shanks mint um yeah absolutely spot on both tries you know created by by those two players um came from line out plays as well with slick hands yep. i know you get time to drill that and everything but you still got the confidence to do it in the face of the opposition um it would have been an interesting selection meeting that because that's not what warren gatlin's known for is it providing that sort of 10 and 12 um, you know, you saw it, and I thought Ben Teo had an excellent, certainly defensive first test. Yeah, he did. Very good on tour. Do you think he's going to, uh, you know, that's the way he's going to go? I, I don't want to get you know, t- too far ahead of it, but do you think that's the way he might carry on with his sort of coaching philosophy if, you, if you've got the players to be able to do it? And who would you think, in out of those coaching staff, if not a number of them, um, put that case forward if it wasn't Warren himself, considering they hadn't really tried it out much, very often? Yeah, well, I do hope I do hope they go with it. I mean, I was a little bit shocked they picked Liam Williams at fifteen because Gatlin and, and Rob Howley have had all his chances to pick <laughs> to pick him to pick him at fifteen <laughs> yes. for Wales, and they don't. They pick him on the wing. But he played. Did um, he? Did he play there last year on tour to New Zealand? Did he play at fifteen um, or not? You don't think he caused them problems? He caused them. He caused them problems. I remember, and he I did. thought he was playing fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. But you know. I think Lee Halfman might have been injured then, or but any, but anyway, he predominantly played for 14. So I was quite surprised that he picked him at 15, and um, because he, and it's a good surprise because he's the best attacker that, um, the best counter attacker that Wales got, and mm-hmm. you've seen that in the Lions. And I know he, he makes a couple of brain farts. I think they are. I think that's the technical term. But <laughs> so dangerous ball in hand, and you need that because there is a lot of kicking in this game. Um, I hope he does continue the the partnership next week of, of the 12 and 13 and a lot of people um, on social media were calling for Ben Teo to come on um, when Sonny Bill Williams went off they're calling for him to come on at half time but but to me you know, I look at the game a little bit differently and when you've got an extra man you know the, the space isn't tight you know it's not around that ruck area it's not around you know that that nine ten area. that's where that's where they're strong it's out in the wider channels and if you want to play in the wider channels you need your ball players in there and it was a I reckon it was a huge, huge call well, by Gatlin. Th- make to, or break. to help you make that decision, you, you've sort of got to look at it from their point of view. What do they not want? They, you know, they didn't want both ball players on there. They stuck, you know, we just spoke to Paul Wallace, and they stuck a back on for Kano yeah. up front because yeah. they were concerned about that area despite the conditions. So they didn't want that happening. So if you start sticking tear on, it might well have played into their hands. And also, if you remember in the, in the World Cup when... Uh, when Wales played and they were facing 14 men and kept ploughing it down the middle, you know, um, he was crying out for a wide, a wider process. And because Davis wasn't there, um, he didn't mm. really, you know, didn't they didn't either think or or choose to do that. Um, and obviously with, six, I mean, the only thing I'd say about the 10-12 access, they didn't, they did and will make a little bit of ground down the 10-12 yeah. channel yeah. because they're not as physical. 
But provided no. you can shore that up and you can make sure it isn't the launch pad for the successive You can, you can stick balls. all sorts of combinations there, but I mean, scrum, scrum, you're a little bit screwed in a way. However, I remember in 09, we stuck Joe Worsley out there for scrum stuff. Yeah, Andy well, Goode in at number eight. And you can do the it. same in a line-out. Yeah. You, can, you can stick Sexton off the tail of a line-out and stick a forward out there. Mm. You, you can be creative. Give them something to think about. Oh, God, what's going on here? So mm. Nadolo and Luamapu were making yep. yardage down there. Um, whether they do it, I'm not so sure, but um, I think it's certainly food for thought. I mean, I think they'll have to do. I think they'll have to work a little bit on on their technique. I think of tackling because you look at both Sexton and Fab. They, they, they go do high, tend to don't go they? Quite, they allow the leg high. drive. Yeah, they allow a leg drive. It's a bit of a soak up, um, but you know, I think if they can go a little bit lower and take them down a little bit earlier, they can't get that leg drive. But you are right because um, Sean O'Brien was hanging out there off line out, yeah. um, especially in the first half to deal with Sonny Williams. But you know, you're always going to get that if, yeah. if you're playing Owen Farrell or. Uh, and Johnny Sexton because they're not renowned for their big hits. Yeah, they can tackle them. They're, they're solid. Um, but, you know, someone like Ben Teer is renowned for his hits. But what they give you in attack, I reckon, is far greater than what they lack slightly in defence. Well, I'm fairly sure it's uh, it's not going to uh, to change. Um, we're going to ask everyone this. Um, prediction for the okay. third test, Tom? Um, look, I, I'm re- I am really torn now because... That, we that all are. They, we all got. are. I know. Um, Heart and what, head, what, isn't it? What will what will be difficult now is is playing is playing a, a New Zealand team with fifteen men. You know, we we, we <laughs> yeah. play the majority of the game against fourteen men, and uh, you know you can't shy away from that. And and you know, Bowden, we're quite lucky with Bowden Barrett. And you need a little bit. It's of a that. bit like being um, a remainer, isn't it? This you just you you felt you feel unpatriotic, but you know it's sensible. <laughs> it, yeah, you do. I, I mean, I, I watched I watched you know Ireland for example. You know when they, when they beat them pretty convincingly um, in America last year and then two weeks later played them again and, and it was a different New Zealand team. Um, can, I, can I say a draw? Is that right? Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, who, ta- who takes the series then? Is it the All Blacks because uh, they're, they're, they're the previous, they're the holders? Um, or? I don't know. I don't know if it works. I don't think it's a drawn series. I think it's a genuinely drawn series. Oh, I, think. Sure. No, I, 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 re- I really, really honestly, honestly would love, hmm. we all would love the Lions yeah, to win but I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure New Zealand going to roll over twice in Eden Park. I think you know, if you if you were to you know bet something on it, you'd have to. Okay, man, we'll let we'll let you have the splinters. We'll let you have the splinters with that one. That's all right. You can you can sit on the fence, mate. (laughs) Oh, Tom, that's great. Thanks very much for coming on. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. QBE Business Insurance, principal partner of the British and Irish Lions. Uh, Brian Moore's full contact with me, Brian Moore, and my studio guest, former England uh, number eight, Quinn's number eight, and now Quinn's defence coach, Nick Easter. We can speak to someone who dearly would be like to be out there. Um, 2013 youngest player on the Lions. Unfortunate eye injury, completely accidental. Finished his tour, as you know, this year. can speak now to Stuart Hogg. Hello, Stuart. Uh, first of all, you yourself, what is a prognosis, mate? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few different things going on. Um, unfortunately, picked up the the eye injury that uh, ruled me out for the rest of the tour. Um, and on Thursday, just passed had sh- uh, shoulder surgery as well. So, uh, 
Body's been better, but uh, look, uh, I was I was cheered up a hell of a lot by that result yesterday. When are you likely to be back? Well, you know, a reasonable estimate. Um, I think it's roughly about four to six months or so. So, uh, oh, I think uh, I think the physios will, will want me out of the physio room a lot quicker because I'm an absolute nightmare. So, um, you know, you're hoping it's a little bit quicker than that, but you, yeah. you, you never know. Um, did you know? Did, well, did just the last question on this. Did you know at the time it was this serious? Um. In all seriousness, I, I'd never picked up a, a bang to the head as such, um, and I did. I got I got a little bit of a fright, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. In, in all seriousness, I was, I was wondering what the hell had happened, and yeah. uh, you know, I was getting stitched up and uh, ready to do the HIA protocol, and you know, unfortunately, I couldn't open my left eye, so I knew something was up. Um, and then the next again morning, when I woke up, and, and my eye was completely shut, and and was was black and blue. Um, okay. We thought we'd better just double check it and. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing about going for scans is that um, it will tell you if there's something there. And you know, that was the, the unfortunate thing was there was there was a fracture. So uh, you know, it was um, it was tough to take. But mm-hmm. you know, look, my my sight is a, is a hell of a lot more important. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is it is it safe to say you'll only send Connor Murray a Christmas card if they win the series? Then? <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, he's got a lot of making up to do. But you know, I've got, I've got yeah, a lot of time yeah. for Connor as well. So. He didn't no, dedicate he, that he try to you can, as well. Uh, he can play class. <laughs> he can, he, he could have dedicated that try to you in the media, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he could have made what, a sign or something. He could have yeah. made signs after the score. Look, he could have printed he, something on his. Uh... Oh, he could have. You know, he could have. You could have signalled SH uh, with his finger. <laughs> or whatever. Stuart, are they, they given the way that the Lions uh, were, were reasonably comfortably beaten? I thought in the first test, um, in terms of try scoring chances at least. Um, were you surprised at what they dragged out and what they managed to do in the second test, or do you think it was always there? Yeah, not at all. I, th- I think, you know, I was, I was fully aware of what the boys can produce. You know, we've been working incredibly hard throughout the, the whole series to, to get these try-scoring opportunities, and I think at the weekend um, the difference was that we took these opportunities, and, and in test match rugby nowadays you have to. Um, you know, you, you might be given four or five opportunities to score tries, and you have to pretty much take every single one of those as well, so... You know, I was delighted to see the boys get across and get the win. Um, and, you know, here's hoping the boys can have a good week uh, and, and get another victory this weekend. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone's been saying in the press, Stuart, that the Lions are actually causing more problems in phase than the All Blacks are. Now, I know mm. the All Blacks did cause a lot of problems in the first test by, you know, targeting the second defender very tight off nine and, you know, taking away the line speed. But they actually never scored a try through that. Yes, they got a few kickable penalties, and I know there was a knock-on near the line. It was a quick tap for a switch off, uh, a dropped high ball, and a switch off at a scrum um, when they obviously thought the, the ref was going to signal a penalty. So, even with what happened in the first test and what's happened by Nillingham, yeah, albeit with fourteen men this week, they've got to take huge confidence going into this week, haven't they? That side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think we we worked hard on 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 our edge attacks as back as a back line, but you know you can see in in the modern in in the game nowadays that. Everybody's got a role to play, and you can see that the the forwards are having ability to tip on, to distribute out the back, to to truck up when need be. And I think um, the the Sexton uh, Farrell combination yesterday worked worked an absolute treat at times. And um, you know, as a, as a back three player, you want to be outside guys that can distribute. And mm-hmm. you know, I felt that that, that was a, a real a real key to yesterday's game. I, th- I think their their, their organisation and, and um, yeah. Their communication will be yeah, uh, will be a massive help in that, wouldn't they? Just getting the forwards in the right place, nice and early. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And I think I think that's what what the big boys want. They just want direct. They're told exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, no pushes, as they say. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as they're they're getting hands on ball and getting made to look good, then you know they're they're more than happy. But as you said, to have two um, you know standoffs, uh, five halves on the pitch at the same time, the organisation will go up a notch, and boys will be in position quicker. And um, you know, a big thing that I learned uh, through my time when I was there was that. You know, you work hard first, and you rest when you're in position. And I think that's the difference. And as time as times uh, gone by, that the boys are realigning a lot quicker. They're getting ready to go. They're being talked to talked to by backs and what and what they're expected. And then we're we're having the ability to to execute this. And I think that's the the big difference from the start of the tour until now. And mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we can just take another step up uh, come the weekend. So you know, Nick and I were, were talking about this. Sonny Bill Williams is now not available. Uh, quite rightly, in our opinion, um, and it, that look, it may well be uh, Leonard Brown and Lampe, which is a relative. Well, yeah, no, it's not relative. It is an inexperienced centre partnership. If that uh, is the centre pair that's chosen, how best should the Lions go about exploiting that possible weakness? I think you know, for 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 the Lions, I think nothing really has to change. I think. You know, as you say, a new a new centre partnership that might not be used to defending together. So I think yes, we we go around targeting these areas. You can see the the rat plays, the the the, the dummy lines, the short lines that the boys were running yesterday and trying to execute. You know, these are key. We need we need guys to be making defenders to make decisions, not making it easy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and have lots of boys that in d- different run lines, different motions, uh, and make and make them make decisions. I think we've got the attackers that. The distributors that can make decisions going forward, um, based on what, on what the, the kind of defence is going to do as well. So, you know, I'm usually excited. The game was only yesterday morning, but I'm usually excited for this third test. Yeah. I don't know that you guys. Oh yes, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the the more it's interesting discussing it with, you know, with players who are in and all around the scene because when you look at the game technically, there are starting to be uh, pointers like we've just identified the number of chances and the way in in which both sides have played and what they've been able to do or not do, which 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 don't actually fit with um, with the, with the uh, impressions that you get about New Zealand and the way they play. The fact is, early on yesterday, they kicked a lot of ball. They didn't kick particularly well either. Um, now, that may have been due to the... Uh, the rain or it may have been a, a purposeful tactic, but the fact is... That I thought that the Lions, you know, had the advantage there. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know the, the conditions did play a, a huge part in yesterday's game. But you know, as a back three player, you want to have um, you know boys in the front line putting kick pressure on your nines on on the tens that mm-hmm. you know allow these little um, you know not perfect kicks that come into your backfield. And for the for the players in the back three of the Lions, that you cannot afford to kick loose to them. You can see that we've been given a, a few opportunities um, over the last few weeks. And over the last couple of test matches, and and the boys have carved open. So, you know that's that's a, a huge factor in terms of uh, you know they they can kick loosely. I think they'll either hold on to the ball a little bit more, or, or they'll, they'll they'll have to kick smarter because uh, you know our boys have been going really well on the counter attack, and you know eventually it's it's led to to points of some sort. You're spot on there, Stuart, with uh, the, you know, especially Anthony Watson and, and Liam Williams and Jonathan Davies causing damage. It seems to me they haven't really done their homework on the individuals quite that much. Um, I do know from playing them in the past, you sort of talk to them and they're very much focused on themselves, which is which is the right thing. Um, but 
I don't know, from your point of view, are you surprised with how much space they're giving some of those guys? Clearly, you know, it's good play from, from our lads as well. But um, it sort of seems that, oh, they're a little bit shocked that, you know, Anthony Watson's stepping off his right leg or mm. Liam Williams is running it from deep, you know, against two two defenders quite well spaced out. Um, I'm not sure if they're actually paying that much respect to um, how dangerous our players are. Yeah, it's, I think you could, you could potentially say that. I think... You know, our boys have, have, have probably done the analysis in terms of how guys defend and, you know, had the ability to switch that and attack and how, how, can I, how can I beat this defender. But I think, um, you know, I think I think the main thing for, for New Zealand is, as you say, they do concentrate on themselves, and, and rightly so, they're a fantastic team. They're, you know, back-to-back world champions. But I think, um, when you look at the, the, way, the way they defend in the, in the Southern Hemisphere compared to the Northern Hemisphere, we're... All about getting up and shutting boys down. Um, whereas they're kind of, they'll kind of sit off and allow you to kind of attack and get you to an edge at times. So I think it might just be the contrasting styles of defence uh, and our boys stepping up to uh, up to the plate as well. So uh, it's hugely exciting to see our boys get ball in hand and, and a lot of space to to try and exploit. But I think uh, you know the Kiwis will be shocked that um, we've attacked as, as as much and had had as, had as much success. So you know, I think this week they'll they'll look a little bit closer at us. Stuart, in very finally, in your heart of hearts, knowing what you know, do you genuinely believe the Lions can win on Saturday? One hundred percent. You know, I, I know how hard these boys have been working. I know how much this means to every single every person that's on tour. I think there's eighty-two people or whatever on tour, and everybody's uh, got the same goal of winning a Test series. And you know, it's, it's, it was fantastic in the early stages. You know, I've been away a couple of weeks now, and you know, speaking to the boys, I know it's it went up. A notch every single day, and intensity is there. The excitement's there. The buzz is there, and uh, you know it's a hugely exciting time to be a part of the Lions. I think you know going into this week, one all, everything to play for this week. This is the reason why you play rugby, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm I'm hugely excited for the boys to go out there, and I firmly, truly believe that that the boys can get a victory and, and win this Test series. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Stuart. Uh, get well uh, as quickly as you can. Thank you very much. Thank you. Time now for a Kiwi perspective because earlier on I caught up with Sir Graham Henry to get his thoughts and uh, began by asking him how the All Blacks loss had gone down in New Zealand. Oh, pretty well, I think. You know, I think uh, New Zealanders uh, uh, obviously support their own team, but um, we're very impressed the way the Lions played in the second test in Wellington. Uh, it's turning out to be a great series and they're looking forward to the third test now. So. Like it's it's been a, it's it's a great result for rugby really, um, you know. So uh, and you've got a, a marvelous final test, and the the Lions played better than the All Blacks in the game. You know, as they started better, uh, the rest of the half was pretty even, nine all at half time. All Blacks really dominated territory early second half, early twenty minutes, and got up to what is it, fifteen nine lead or eighteen nine lead. Um, and then the Lions come back in the last 20 and played some magnificent football. They scored two great tries, but I thought their defence was absolutely outstanding. You know, it was swarming, it was it was aggressive, it was quick off the line, you know, big tackles, knocking all backs backwards, and they had nowhere to go. So I think really the defence again uh, was the key for the Lions' victory. Um, two tries to none, you can't argue. Mm-hmm. What was your view of the sending off? Oh, I think it was fair and reasonable. You know, it's. Um, I think the laws of the game need to be need to be adhered, and they were by the referee. 
you know, and we, we we need to protect those heads in this game. I'm sure there was no malice from Sonny Bill Williams, but he made a mistake. You know, he made a he made an error, and he got a, he 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 suffered very badly, and the team suffered very badly with a red card. But that's the law, and the law is there to be to be ruled on, and and the referee did a good job, I think. It, it seemed to me that especially early on, the uh, All Blacks. Um, Changed the plan from ring off nine. They they kicked a lot um, early on. Do you think that was down to a conscious change of tactics or a reaction to the weather? I know the weather was very wet, Uh, particularly early in the game. It was pouring, um, very wet out there. I think um, you know it was was pretty hard to execute. I think both sides initially wanted to play territory and play it down the opposition end and and. And if, if they made mistakes, take advantage and kick the penalties. Uh, I think that was the general feel from both camps. Uh, when the Lions got behind, you know, with 20 to go, they had to do something special, and they did. Um, they played the All Blacks at their own game, really. So that was a bit of a reversal of styles. And um, and they came away winning, winning the game. Two, two great tries. Who, st- who stood out in the Lions for you? Well, I think... Warren Gatlin's um, selection was spot on. I thought that Sam Walton had a big game. You know, I think he led from the front. Um, he was very physical. He's a line-out option. He did a lot of defensive work. Um, so I, I think he's pretty inspirational to that side. Um, I told you he played well. You know, the two locks played well. I I, I wondered about Alan Wynne Jones's selection because I thought he struggled in the test in the first test, but he. He did. He did a good job. Um, the tight head prop helped me uh, from Furlong Ireland. to Furlong. Furlong, yeah, Furlong was pretty instrumental. So the the scrum went. You know, the scrum and the second test for the Lions was a lot more stable in the first test. So obviously they'd done some work there, and and so that was a big plus for them. Um, the defence was very good in the first test and outstanding again in the second. Um, the Lions attack, I think, because they had the three halves, you know, Connor Murray and Owen Farrell and Johnny Sexton. I think that selection was spot on. And so they had three decision makers who, who played, all played, all played very soundly and contributed, contributed obviously. Um, so they, they, were, they were a very important part of the execution of that, of the game. Well, I mean, irrespective of uh, the result, Borden Barrett didn't have his best day with the kick and the new kicking boots. And the Lions gave away 10 shots at goal. Now, um, they probably can't afford to do that twice in a row. But as a coach, you can't be on the field um, talking to players. So what can you do between now and then to to try and... and, and, and inculcate the this message that you simply have got to be more disciplined yeah yeah i think there was, there was um most of the of the penalties were at the breakdown brian and i and i still think uh, the lions are uh, going to the ball and stopping i think they were better in the second test than they were in the first test so i think they're they're, they're more aggressive and and put more heat on the ball in the second test but still, make, still making bad decisions at times, coming in the side or 
or going from the ball with their hands when it's not when it's not on. Um, so they're they're giving some penalties away they don't need to. I think they probably need to try and go past the ball. Um, so get win the height battle, get lower than the All Blacks and go past the ball. So they're giving away a lot of penalties there. Uh, Marco Vinopolo, he, he gave away a couple of stupid penalties uh, because of lack of discipline, and uh, he'll know that. Uh, so they, they gave away 13 penalties to eight, and Bowden Barrett, as you said, had 10 shots at goal. Like if he'd kicked the 10, uh, the All Blacks would have won. So, um, but in saying that, they didn't deserve to win, but that's the game. So I, I'm sure that... Um, Sam Warburton and, and, and the coaches will be very keen to try and reduce that penalty count to, to single figures in the third test. If they don't do that, they could well get beaten. Yeah. Uh, some commentators have said that uh, they think all the pressure is now on New Zealand and the Lions can approach the third test, you know, um, just seeing what happens. Well, I, I, I must say I'm not entirely of that view. What's, what's your view? Well, I think the Lions have done a remarkable job. You know, they've probably played at, at most this this 15, uh, three or four games together. And to do that against a side that plays together every year is, and to be competitive, one each at this, at this stage, is a remarkable achievement. Um, but in saying that, I think, you know, coming off that second test, they'll, they'll have a sniff for it now. And, and I think they'll get, they'll get better. You know, I, I think um, they've shown some backbone and um, they've shown some togetherness. And they've certainly gone gone up into a couple of notches from Test 1 to Test 2. And that's what they'll want to do Test 3 because I think there's a lot of pride in this group. And saying that, I think the All Blacks will be the same. You know, they, they certainly will play better. Uh, they've got a few injury problems. And I, I'd imagine I haven't heard the result, but I'd... Imagine that Sonny Bill Williams will have some time out of the game. So they've got um, Ben Smith, who's out of the series, and he's a very important player to them. And, um, and now you might have Sonny Bill, and and they've got a couple of other injuries. So they, they, they're starting to struggle a wee bit. But I, I'm sure they're, they're out of adversity, and they will be, they'll be hurting from the test loss. Uh, they'll come back a lot stronger next week, and they'll play well. So I... I think both sides will will fancy their chances of winning the game. Um, now, if you look at the look at the, the TAB, if you like, the betting on the game, all backs apparently will be favourites again. But um, I don't think that may, I don't think that takes any pressure off either side. I think both sides will be very keen to win. Um, it'll be a fabulous game. I'm just hoping the conditions are great. Yeah, if um, Sonny Bill Williams doesn't play. What are the likely combinations, do you think, and, and will the All Blacks make any other um, changes as a response to this loss? Well, I think they'll probably, you know, I think um, Anton Leonard-Brown, the centre, is a young man. He's 22, I think. Uh, he's, he's played pretty well, and the boy who came on as a replacement did quite well too. So they might stick with, the, with that combination. Uh, for the third test. Will Crotty come in if he's um, fit? Sorry? Will Crotty come in if he's fit? I don't think Crotty will be fit. He had a pretty serious hamstring injury in the first test. I, I can't imagine him being right for this test after that. Um, so, you know, I, I would imagine that they will, 
Lamati, who came on as a replacement, I think they'll they'll probably start him um, with Antoine Brown in the centres. It means they've got two pretty inexperienced midfield players, and neither with a kicking option, and and that that will be the challenge. Um, how how they're going to play with those guys, but um, you know I'm sure you know I I know, I know the All Blacks pretty well, Brian, and, I, and when they go through experience like they had on Saturday when they get beaten and well beaten uh, they will be they'll be right on the on the on the edge to play well next week and and Steve Hansen will know that so the boys will certainly front up and try and do the job um it's often said you don't change a winning team can you see any changes um in the Lions uh, starting 15 no I, I i like to look at Courtney Lord to be fair um you know, I think he's he's one of the players in the Lions pack who carries exceptionally well, and he's he's got the ability to stay on his feet much longer than the other guys seem to, and so he presents well. So they get quick ball off him. He's obviously a big man, and um, so I, I've always been I've been impressed with him on this tour. I thought he would have got he would have started in the second test. Um, I thought Alan Wynne Jones might struggle, but he had a, he had a good second test. So. That's a good situation to be in, isn't it? Um, and so, and Henderson had a great game against the Hurricanes on Tuesday. So I, my, my, my middle row guys were Ikeji and, and Courtney Laws with uh, Henderson on the bench. And Henderson's got the ability to play on the side of the scrum as well. And he carried well against the Hurricanes and he was the player of the day. So I was surprised he didn't get in the, in the uh, 23, but... That's a hell of a good situation for Warren Gatlin and his coaches to be in. Yep. Can I tempt... you've got people competing for positions. Yep. Can I tempt you into a final test decider prediction? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think the All Blacks will win. Um, you know, they're playing at Eden Park. They haven't lost at Eden Park for a, a hell of a long time. If the Lions win, it'll be one of the greatest achievements in the history of the game, I would imagine. I think they've, you know, they've created a huge amount of respect over here and, and I'm sure they're doing the same at home just the way they've come together uh, they're playing against a, a very good all black side that's ranked number one in the world and rightly so you know, they're playing three world champions and so they've done a, a, a magnificent job I, I, just get, I just get a little irritated Brian with some of the press here and maybe some of the press back there you know, it just lacks a wee bit of respect uh, you know, this clown thing, I think, is a sideshow that we don't need in the game. And, um, you know, those, those sort of things irritate me. Maybe I'm getting too old, but you know, I just think the, the game the game is of the highest standard. You've got the two best teams in the world. They've, they've given it everything. Uh, the, the Lions supporters have been fantastic over here. Uh, they're great supporters. Everybody loves them. Uh, they're enjoying themselves. The two sets of supporters are mixing well. And you've got this sideshow going on in the media, belittling the game, you know, belittling the people. And that's just an irritation. But maybe I'm getting a bit old and grumpy. No, but, you know, no I, just, I agree I with you. Think it's part of, you there's I enough, don't think it's part of the deal. There's enough drama and enough um, tension for yeah. everyone around without creating artificial uh, divisions and, uh, frankly, unnecessarily personal uh, yeah, things about it to me. 
So I'm sure the people over in that part of the world will be very proud of what this group's doing. Uh, it's certainly a great contest, and the the country is on its toes already for next Saturday. Well, that's fantastic. Um, may the best side win, as they say. Thank you very much, Graham. Okay, Brian. Good to talk to you. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you. In association with QBE Business Insurance, principal partner of the British and Irish Lions, supporting the team behind the team. This is Brian Moore's Full Contact. Uh, I'm Brian Moore, and with me is the former England and Quinns number eight, now the Quinns defensive coach, Nick Easter. And we're going to make, a, make it a Quinns love fest now because we've got the uh, former Quinn England and Lions centre, Will Carling. Will, good evening. Evening, Brian. Evening, Nick. Evening, William. Well, we, we were, <laughs> we were to, we were to, um, we can we call each other the Honourable? Should we do that? No, 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 no. Something else, maybe. Exactly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we were together um, with Jason and a few of the uh, ex Quinns players for the second test uh, at Quinns, raising money for for the unfortunate Paul Curtis who has broken his uh, neck and he's in a bad way. It was a great uh, occasion, and uh, we... Well, I don't know about you, but I, I sort of... Throughout the game, I was... I was looking... I was, because of the number of penalties the Lions were giving away, I was, I was, I was pessimistic for a lot of the game because I, I, I was frustrated by, well, the, the stupidity sometimes of what had gone on, yet uh, the Lions managed to pull two great tries out at the end, um, and that you know, completely changed the atmosphere there um, and gave hope for these, this, the, the third test. What, how do you think that came about? What, why, why, why did it transpire like that? Are you asking me, Brian? Yes. Brian? Yes, I am asking you. OK. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he never listened to you when you were playing. I, I know. That's what I, that's what I was quite surprised. I'm just picking myself up off the floor. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with you. I, when Sonny Bill was, was sent off, you're thinking there is an amazing opportunity, which we then seem to almost just fritter away by really poor discipline and a lot of it really stupid, ill discipline. Um, and I think that's something that, that no doubt they will talk long and hard about this week. But I, I think, as you say, it was a great occasion at Quinn's, and I'd be interested to see what Nick thinks. We all really hoped that they might win, but I'm not sure many of us believed that they would win. So uh, it was um, it was against all the odds. I think there were some outstanding performances. Um, I thought Itoji was uh, was excellent. Um, I think the front five. Well, you would know more. I think it's it's always amusing when uh, when you have Stuart Barnes talking to you about scrummaging um, <laughs> because uh, <clears throat> I think he knows even less than me if that's possible. But it was. Um, it, it still was a, a brilliant win, even if they were down to 14. Yeah. I think we all know how hard it is to beat New Zealand in New Zealand. And the pressure they were under, I think it was, uh, it was, it was an exceptional uh, performance. And Elite gives them just that glimmer of light for next week, which is, is hopefully all they need. Mm-hmm. What do, we've been discussing at length, and we were discussing with Tom Shanklin, the... Uh... Oh, dear. The pros and cons of uh, the Sexton and Farrell uh, 10-12 axis. What, what, how do you think that worked? I think it certainly allows them 
more distribution, better distribution. Uh, it gives them a different kicking option. It They lose defensive power and they lose a little bit of go forward in that in that channel. So it suddenly means that if if the Lions are going to go forward, they've got to go forward wider. Uh, I thought and I thought Johnson Davis was was outstanding in that respect. Um, so they've got to use Williams again, who I think has been brilliant. Watson um, and Daly. That they've somehow got to bring those in. We didn't see a lot of it, but then the weather was was atrocious. Yeah. So the, act, the, the first is, the first dry wheel was exactly that, though, wasn't it? It was a playoff yeah. a line out and. Um, Daly came off his blind wing and um, they went down to right with Anthony Watson at 15-14 and I think that will be their game plan because I, th- I do think that's where the space will be and certainly being able to exploit what will most likely be an inexperienced centre partnership as well. Yeah, and, and maybe you'll be interested in it. I, to me, I keep getting caught between two um, two lines of, of thought is do we really want to be playing the All Blacks wide um, or do we want to be playing them closer to our front five, who I think um, hopefully will, will have the edge. Uh, it's, just, it's just one of those things. When you play Farrell, you have the opportunity to play wide, but is that really where we want to play? Um, I, think you've, I think you've got to back your cattle. Um, you've, you, I know they, they, they outscored them yesterday and it wasn't the three tries, but I think on a dry day, you say, if you want to be New Zealand, you've got to score tries. They've done that with picking Liam Williams and the back three they have. Um, and in order to get it there, they need the distributors, don't they? Yeah. Um, forwards are going to be up for a hell of a battle again um, this week. And you know, as, as it always is, it's, it's who, who wins those small inches, isn't it? Who gets on the front foot? Would, and you, uh, would you change the front five? I, I would pick, I've already said, I, I would pick Marla at Loosehead um, and have Mako coming on for the last 30 minutes. Mako and Sinclair coming on for the last I mean, You 30. wouldn't pick Laws? I, well, I, I would pick Laws. I would have picked him last week. I just think uh, I don't think Alan Wynne Jones had a special game. He had a, he had a good game, um, but how much value? And it's sort of intangible, isn't it? When you're sat here m- million miles yeah, away, yeah, yeah. you don't know the value of his experience with the Lions and winning a series in that I front you, when five you, when you brings because you've got George, who's quite young. Yeah. Tad Furlong's first Lions tour. Yeah. Itoji's first Lions tour. As much as he wins every yeah. blooming game, he starts. So we're going to win this week, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when you look, when you when you sit in a changing room, and you're looking around, and it's the biggest test of your career, the third one, and you look around and you see someone who's at you know a hundred caps for Wales, and he's is uh, is one of I think I was told he's one of th- only seven lions who have registered wins against all three Southern Hemisphere countries. Then that's quite a comforting. Yeah. Uh, he's also the most. It is, it is fine. Lions it is. forward in the professional era, yeah. isn't but, yeah. but I would also then say, but is it comforting to look at Courtney Laws, who has been the form lock mm-hmm. with, with a Toji? So I know what you're saying, experience. I mean, it, I don't not digress from the Lions, but I look at what Eddie Jones put on the field for England and Argentina mm-hmm. against a strong side, young kids who were brilliant. And I think sometimes we do get a little bit caught up with must have the experience, must have that knowledge. But then there's one guy in Courtney who's been absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. And do we just hang on a little bit too long to the comfort of experience? And I, I don't know. Hey, I'm just, uh, you know, you throw it out there, don't you? Just 
It's, it's, it's a good point because um, I'd have had laws and it told you last week, but then you know the brains trust and everything clearly probably decided on that on that factor, didn't they? But it's what you say, Nick. You just don't know from the outside yeah. what, what what the chemistry and is. And you also what the mix you, and is. you're also not sure. And you know it's a big area of the game. Sometimes you can be too big in your decision making on teams. To be honest with you, um, is is the line out calling options? Mm. Yeah. And you know I think it told you was calling them on the weekend. Um, but was that is that you know does Courtney Laws like calling lineouts? Is he a good lineout caller? Um, is Alan Wynne Jones a pretty good lineout caller? So you've got that covered. You, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But then you could always have you know one on the bench, couldn't you? You know, if, if anything. Happens. Well, I'm sure that I'm mean, sure that Laws, you know, is a big. It will be uh, at least on the bench, and maybe the suggest maybe the answer is to uh, bring him on earlier. Um, you know, than the sort of standard 60 minutes, maybe to give him, you know, a good 30, 35 minutes um, yeah. because the, the substitutions tend to not to come in the first period of the second half. And, uh, you know, bearing in mind the way that New Zealand tried to kill the game off in there, I think they came out with a definite plan to say, look, so give me 15 minutes and we can kill this game off. And they tried very hard to do it, yeah. but the Lions... Uh, stop them, and one thing that Laws uh, does do is a very destructive tackler. And uh, you know, if it, if it does remain dry this week, and going from what happened in the first test, um, you need your most aggressive and your most mobile forwards. Mm -hmm. And Courtney Laws does tick both those boxes. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Marler does tick both of them. Is he as you know effective going forward as Mako? I'm not so sure, but I don't think they're going to change anything. Um, well, I think you've got to trust someone like Mako. Yeah, right? but he's, he's a world-class perf he? world yeah. performer. You back him not to have two poor games in a row. Well, it wasn't necessarily. It was a. It was just a. It was just a. Well, the discipline. Yeah. The discipline was was very uh, sort of just unlike him, and it was just like Mako. You really. I think he was hard done by with the uh, holding on one. You know, his knee sort of like flicked the floor, and most times you get away with it. He was absolutely spot on, Jerome Garces, but uh, you know he was bang on eagle eyed. But I think he was a bit harshly done by on that one. But um, you know, some people are calling for it to be a red card, weren't they? The, the stuff on Bowden Barrett, but I think that's absolute nonsense because at the time Mako was approaching um, 130 kilograms or 125, he's got to try and stop his approach as Bowden Barrett is now sort of releasing from the tackle and going back to his well, side. You know, as far as you're concerned, he's part of the, yeah. He's a tackler lying on top of our guy. You're going in there to clean him out to get quick well, ball. Well, it's like the hysteria about how dare you clear out our, you know, golden <laughs> number 10. And it's, but actually, if you start analysing the whole game yeah. and you watch New Zealand oh, clear they, out... They, they don't care. Oh, there's, there's lots of them. So actually, once you start down that line, it's like, oh, yeah. come on, guys, you know, stop squealing. <laughs> well, um... Final test prediction. Bearing, we're bearing this in mind. Um, we all know that um, we're all wise after the event, and uh, and I've been a terrible uh, predictor in the past. So, but I'm going to ask you for it anyway. <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you reckon? Have you two predicted? No, not yet. Not yet. We're doing it off air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why am I having to go first? Because. <laughs> You're on the spot. Oh yeah, we've had a number of others. Yeah, we have had we have had a number of others. Yes, yes. I, I I will I will predict with my heart, not my head, All and right. just think that actually, if the Lions can build, I think that will have given them huge confidence. I think it's one of those mental blocks that a number of those players who have never beaten New Zealand will now, I think, actually, you know, these guys are not supermen. These the, the whole that 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 block will have gone. 
I think um, if we can improve in a number of areas, yep. if we improve our discipline, the pressure on New Zealand is, is immense. That is a big thing, actually. And it is yeah. immense. Which And I don't think in their heart they thought they were going to be in this position. No, no. And so, therefore, if we can be clever this week and, and get our preparations absolutely right and start well, I just, there's part of me really, really hoping. Mm-hmm. I think this has been a great squad of, of players, a very strong squad of players. Yes, and I, I think there's a, there's a lot of talent out there if we can just get a few breaks. And actually, we, we didn't get many breaks apart from um, some ill-discipline from New Zealand. I don't think, so you just think a few breaks, and I would say Lions. Great. Well, thanks very much. Pleasure. Cheers. Take Cheers, care. guys. Time now to uh, turn to the uh, game of rugby league, and we are fortunate that we can speak to the Catalan Dragons head coach, Steve McNamara. Hello, Steve. Yeah, good evening. Um, let's start at, uh, well, um, near the near the top. Um, well, the top, actually. Castleford 24, Hull FC 22. They're going to be guaranteed to be... Table topping into the playoffs. Can you see them going all the way and uh, win the grand final? Well, they're certainly the form team. Um, you know, 24 22, it sounds like it was a, a close game. And it was obviously at the end there. I think Hull scored three tries at the back end yeah. uh, to close the gap and, and put a little bit of pressure on Castleford. But ultimately, they were in control for a large part of that game. And yeah. they, they've been the best team all season. Uh, you know the point. The, the league table suggests that you look at the points difference. You have to look at the points difference between yes. all the rest of the teams. They're a mile ahead of everybody else. It's huge, yeah. and, and quite often that suggests that uh, they are clearly the best team so far in the competition. But as our league is structured, it comes down to a grand final within a one-off mm-hmm. game. So you never know. Um, behind that, Castleford have been they've been well coached for a while, and but they've they've, they've developed it. It's, it's not. It's not an overnight thing. This uh, transformation. Where is it? Is it is it as simple as this? They they've got a better squad of players, or or is it that in a combination of the fact that they they've got a number of finishers who are very good and their game management is excellent usually. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a number of things. I think one one quite clearly good coaching. They're getting some good coaching. They look at they look a fit and healthy team. So the the physical performance staff. Uh, ended up by Ben Cooper. They're doing a tremendous job with that group because it, it's such a long season. To, to stay fresh and to stay good for the whole year is very difficult. And, yeah. and they've been the standouts in terms of that. And I think there's been some really smart recruitment. Not the not the big star names, not the ones what everybody knows you know, on an international stage, but some really good players, value for money players. And they're getting the best out of those group of players. And mm-hmm. um, it's not about one person or two people when you look at the Castleford squad, it's about a real, uh, real squad effort. Yeah, Leeds, um, Leeds twenty-four, St. Helens twenty-two. Um, John Wilkins yellow for a dangerous tackle. How crucial was uh, was that in deciding the game? Yeah, it's, it's very crucial. I think obviously losing Matty Smith, the halfback, as well early in the game to a, a pretty gruesome eye injury was uh, yeah strange. Was a big it? loss, it you know, yeah. Yeah, very strange and a tough one. I think he's struggling with it still. But uh, So to lose that, they did tremendously well to stay in the contest, for one. Uh, but then when they went down to 12 men with John Wilkin in, in the Simbin, it probably just proved too much for them. And, um, you know, Leeds, a team who struggled last season. You had lots of injuries last season. Yeah. They've, they've got the squad fully fit again and uh, they're challenging back uh, at the top of the table. Um, 17-year-old fullback, Jack uh, Walter. How, how, could, how, could, how big could this lad be? 
Well, you know, as a 17-year-old playing in Super League, it's a big ask, you know, a really, really big ask. But for him to, to come in there and perform well and, and all this spot, um, you know, the future's bright for him. You know, again, as a young player, you, you sometimes you get uh, an early opportunity and it, sometimes it's how you deal with that opportunity once yeah. you've been given it. Some players really push on, don't they, and kick on and, and uh, really see it as a chance to improve and some players sometimes take it the wrong way. But looking at Jack, it looks like he's a, he's a decent young man and uh, looks like he's got a big future ahead. Mm-hmm. Steve, Nick Easter here. Um, All right, Nick. Just asking about you and your team, Cattle and Dragons. Um, how are you finding the environment, the culture? Um, you know, rather than it being uh, on, along the M62, you know, you're down in the south <laughs> of France. And, uh, well, one, yeah. how are you enjoying it personally? Have you seen any marked difference, really? Um, you know, yeah. I imagine professionally, yeah. probably, probably very similar. But um, any sort of differences stand out? Yeah, there is. There is. I mean, obviously, I, I've only been here 10 days in, in terms of being in the position. It's mm. been a, a whirlwind start for me. I was I was coaching in New Zealand, coaching the Warriors out there in Auckland and was actually enjoy, really enjoying that job. And Lions actually being out there and everything else. It was mm. a great time to be in Auckland. But this opportunity arose and uh, it is one of the marquee jobs in Super League. You, mm. You've nailed it. It's not just along the M62 corridor. It is something different. It is something challenging. Mm. Uh, the Mediterranean lifestyle, the language barrier, everything else that goes with it uh, really makes you have to perform as a coach. So, look, that, that is a good club. It's a really, really good club. I've been impressed by the people involved in the club, the facilities mm. that the club have got. But quite clearly, when you change your coach, things aren't going great. You don't change your coach when things are going great. So there's lots of improvements to make in, in many areas. Mm-hmm. How, how do you get across the language barrier then? You know, I've spoken to a number of you in Union. Um, you know, Richard Cockrell, for example, Toulon, you know, he's got a bit of broken French from his time down there. But Tom Whitford, the manager down there, is fluent in French and sort of communicates the French part of the team. First of all, sort of yeah. what proportion of your players can't really understand English that well? Um, and you know you might well be bilingual or trilingual or whatever, Steve. Uh, I'm not assuming <laughs> anything. Um, but how do you sort of get those messages across? You know, in meetings or on a yeah. training field or whatever, if you have to. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really interesting challenge. I mean, the the top squad. When I when you talk about the top squad, when you talk about your top, you know, twenty players within the group, senior players. A lots of those have been around English speaking people for a long period of time. We we do have yeah. English players. We do have Australian oh, players. Yeah. And New Zealand players, but then there is some French senior players who who have good English. So that that's not uh, no, too much of a problem. It's the younger group, the younger group, and yeah. that's quite often the younger group that need the attention, they need the detail mm-hmm. that you're going to give them. So for me, again, that's been a great challenge. We do have interpreters, we do have people within our group and playing group who can uh, help and assist in that area as well. But with any coaching, whether it's English speaking to English speaking or English to foreign, it's about your connections with your players. Mm-hmm. That's really, really important to get the best from them. So for me, I'm having to find slightly different ways and um, spend some time and pay attention to them and, and make sure they're seeing that I'm making the effort mm-hmm. to really connect with that uh, non-English speaking group. Otherwise, you can alienate some part of the team and uh, for me, that's a really important part of this job moving forward. We are a French team, mm-hmm. you know, without doubt, we're a French team that represents France in the Super League, and our, you know, we have to, our identity has to remain French. Um, can we just finish off with uh, Salford? Um, Salford yep. Huddersfield today, a reasonable win, thirty-six twenty. The um, the the climb for Salford over the years, and and you know. 
Marwan Kukash has, you know, he's been seems to be in there a long time, and people are waiting for them to uh, climb the ladder. They've now started to get this consistency. What, what, why? Uh, how? What, what's behind this stability, and uh, as opposed to the erratic form of previous years? Yeah, I mean, look, look, they, they, they had a huge fright last year. Like, they, they were seconds. They were two minutes away from being in the championship yep. of, of being out of Super League. They, there were two tries down at OKR. I don't know whether you remember the finish. They scored, I do. They scored a try and then scored another try and then a field goal. And, and suddenly they're still in Super League. Um, but for me, uh, within the competition, there is lots of teams that play um, a lot of ad-lib stuff. There's some teams that play structured football. And for me, Salford have found their niece. They've got a real nice brand of of, of, of balance between nice structure. Mm-hmm. They all look like they understand what they're doing. They haven't, again, they haven't got the star players like some of the other teams have, but they look like collectively as a team, they know which direction they want to be heading in. And for me, that's been a, a deciding factor in terms of their performances this season. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, thanks for, very much. Um, good luck in, uh, in the playoffs, whichever, wherever you end up. It's a... It's a for me, it's quite a complicated process. Uh, is a rugby league playoffs? I have to remind myself each week how it actually goes. But uh, all the best, yeah. and thanks very much for coming on the show, Cheers, mate. No problem. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Uh, okay, that's uh, nearly the end of uh, full contact for this week. Um, we need predictions. Um, do you want to go first? Which game were you referring to? Well, the, yes. the, 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 there's only one. I game, am going there? to go with the British and Irish All Blacks. <laughs> um, there's a lot going. There's a lot going for both sides. We know what's going for the, for, for New Zealand. Yeah. But I, I still come back to, um, yeah, look, the sort of the bogey's been removed, isn't it, of some of those players. Yeah. Um, uh, the Irish and English have beaten them before, but the Welsh players as well of knowing that they can beat the All Blacks. And they yep. play two games yep. against them, and, and they're used to it. But I come back to the fact that Gatland is a master at getting teams to pee. You you know, Wales in the Six Nations, mentioned Wasp, yep. you mentioned the last two Lions tours when he's, he's won at a canter the third test. Yep. Um, but you met, I remember you know, we, when I was playing for England, you always wanted to play Wales at the start, and you'd always beat them at the start, away mm-hmm. or home. And they're a much better side um, come the later stages. And... <sighs> So you're going I, for a, a, a British a, a Lions win. I, and what I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for Bowden Barrett missing <laughs> eight to ten points to the All Blacks, right. which would see him out of sight. Yeah. And Owen Farrell or Johnny Sexton, they're going to be practicing their drop goals all week. And one of them is going to be a legend in history. I for tell you all what, if, time. If, if he does and that's what finish, it's going to come down to. If he does and they're going to get like castigated that. for not having a goal kicker yeah. and being told they should have <laughs> had a goal kicker. And that's how it's going to go. If it does finish like that, they will be immortal with today's 24-hour rolling news and social media, and quite rightly so. I tell you what, I, I, I've, the more I've spoken to you and other people tonight and looked at the all-black problems, because the, the centre partnership is, it will be a problem for them if, they, if, if, if Sonny Bill can't play. Such a lot of their go-forward has been revolving around him. And if that's taken away and you look at the amount of chances that they didn't manage, albeit down to 14 men. Um, the, the, the case for the Lions has increased. On the other hand, the Kiwis rarely lose two games in a row and the response will be fierce from them and they are playing Eden Park, which is their favourite ground. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to 
bearing in mind I've predicted every result wrong, <laughs> um, for the right reasons uh, and the best of art, I'm going to go for a New Zealand win with the fervent hope that I am <laughs> wrong again and the Lions, uh, the Lions take it. We all want them to win. It, be, it will be such a fantastic achievement that, you know, the, the, everything has been against them in terms of... Well, I, th- I think they've got the players, yeah. Brian. I, 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 uh, agree. I think people are forgetting that when this tour is... Uh, look, back three, uh, they picked the best back three as far as I go. Back three, they were probably... was arguably the weakest uh, area in the mm. squad, but only in comparison to what New Zealand bring in the back three, not yeah. in comparison to the rest of the world. Yeah. But... You forget this, you know. I know they've had a couple of losses and a draw and everything, and you know the win loss ratio is not great for a Lions tour. But actually, the quality of player is there mm-hmm. for them to be immortalised and win this series. There you have it. You've been listening to Brian Moore's Full Contact in association with the Telegraph and QBE Business Insurance. And many thanks to my co-host Nick Easter for joining me in the studio this week, and as always to our producer Abby Patterson. Remember, you can get in contact with us throughout the week via the hashtag full contact and please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and to leave us a review.